Hey Josh. Hey. How you doing? Pretty good. Did you have a Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was a wonderful Thanksgiving. Good. I uh, This is my favorite holiday of the year, Why Thanksgiving. Is that? Um for a number of reasons, uh you know, for the the the, the non, you know, or I was tempted to give like the spiritual reason for things yeah, like it's all right. Functionally, mm-hmm. it's because we don't travel. It's just uh it's just uh, you know, us. It's relaxing. We just eat a ton of food, mm. and then if we all fall asleep, cool. We're not uh, anticipating getting up at midnight to do Black Friday or mm. anything like that. It's just a relaxing, stress-free day where we just eat and wow. have fun, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, and What's not to like about <clears throat> that? Right? And, you know, I, I like Christmas and all, but it seems like, <clears throat> you know, Thanksgiving is more... Uh, I guess uh, in line with the with the rebellious way, I think anyway, and that that might not make sense, but you know, from from the secular perspective, you know, we go from um, uh, from July Fourth, Independence Day, all that stuff, mm-hmm. to immediately pretty much advertising for Christmas. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. you know, all all the holidays, you know, especially go for, like from Halloween, like get all the candy, get all the costumes, mm-hmm. get all the decorations, all that stuff. And it, it, as soon as Halloween's over, it's immediately let's go to Christmas, get all the presents, get all yeah. the decorations, get all the stuff, get all right. the stuff. And and everyone forgets that that one day mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. middle right. um, was like. Be thankful for what you have. Yeah, it's kind of the antithesis of of how companies, how their business model works. Like, mm. we need you to buy stuff, so we're going to focus on the days that that make you want to buy stuff. Okay, uh, mm. and we're not going to really talk about Thanksgiving that much because that's not about buying stuff. That's about yeah. being thankful for what you have. Right, and so I like Thanksgiving mm-hmm. for that reason, mm-hmm. uh, is because it's kind of like a jab into the side of the the world's business model <laughs> right it's uh, it, it, it sounds like your family's like mine it's there's no um extra things that come as uh, uh obligatory right and, and you can and you've decided to make it that way right that's the thing so there's no guilt there right right you're you know you're gonna stay home you're gonna do this you're gonna overeat I know I'm going to, you know, yeah. this is going to happen. I'm going to so. eat a lot, and then I'm going to take a nap. There you go. And I'm going to love every second and of it. You're not going to answer <laughs> the phone. Actually, we texted yesterday a little bit, but yep, it was yep. just... Yeah, it, it was Happy Thanksgiving. Right. That's right. I think you caught... What would you call everybody? You, uh, uh, you weirdos or you something. Weirdos, or you miscreants. Yeah. yeah. yeah happy like Thanksgiving, that. you miscreants. <laughs> That's right. That's worth a laugh. No question about it. Uh, I, I agree. We you know, stayed home with Donna and her mom yesterday. I took pictures of, of Gracie, our cat, mm-hmm. and, and I uploaded it. You know, I just did stuff. You know, yeah. I just did stuff that I wanted to do. We we got a uh, pre-cooked turkey from Popeye's and heated that baby up and ate, <laughs> ate a turkey sandwich. And, and yeah. that was our Thanksgiving, man. We're yep. very thankful. I'm going to go see her today as well. Uh, and, and it's all planned. Plus, it's on a Thursday, you know, and if you, if you have a uh, Monday through Friday job, gosh, you got Thursday, and more than likely you take Friday off. Right. You know, and you get that whole weekend. That's always fun. Yeah, I, I, 
always decide to take Fridays off, especially being, uh, you know, owning my own business. Mm-hmm. I can I can make that decision. Yep. But it's funny how many people still try to call. Well, you just got several calls. Yeah. We're sitting right here, people working. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, guys, you know, take take a little bit of time right, off. Right, you know, right, this, right. the reason you're working so much is probably to support your families. Go spend time with them a little bit, right. you know. Sure. Well, <laughs> the world's to... not going to collapse because you didn't work on the Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's easy to say if you don't have a deadline that's Monday, perhaps. You yeah. Know? <laughs> oh, yeah, Monday's going to be absolutely insane. It always <laughs> sure. is. But, you know, I, you know, it's, you know, kind of like going into Thanksgiving, you just realize you're going to eat a lot, take, yeah. take a nap. Right. Yeah. Taking yep. Friday off, you just do it realizing that Monday's going to be absolutely insane. Right. You don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. And right now we're sitting in the studio at uh, Marcus Point Baptist Church. There's staff's not here. Yeah. Uh, the, we have some uh, maintenance guys and um, creative guys that are outside dec- decorating for Christmas. Yep. It would have happened a couple weeks ago, but we went through a, a time, a week or so of just bad weather, just yeah. rainy. It was just stormy, um, so they couldn't they couldn't put it up then. So now they're out there decorating, yeah. and we decorate. It's hard hard being up on a on a crane mm-hmm. when there's lightning and rain around you. <laughs> right, and, and when I say decorate, I mean we don't just hang tree hang lights and stuff. We do it, yeah. you know. Uh, Luis does a, an outstanding job of decorating a lighthouse and putting mm-hmm. huge wreaths up outside and inside there's it's just a it's a big deal yep it's a big deal so it's a big deal to make it happen so they're doing that but the office people are not here josh and i are here though yep and uh we're gonna talk about uh, the lord's supper yeah so uh, man talk about uh, a a deep deep topic for the day after thanksgiving but uh you know one of the things we we do uh, here the deep dive podcast is we like to dig into uh, the the previous Sunday's sermon, yep. and uh, every so often at Marcus Point, we'll celebrate what's called Lord's Supper, and uh, usually when we do, it's preceded by Pastor Godfrey giving a, a, a short, like, 20, 30-minute sermon about what Lord's Supper means. Communion, yeah, right? Yeah, communion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lord's Supper, communion takes on a couple different names. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it, it's given us, an op- and we've done this before uh, on on our the previous version of this podcast. Um, we, we did a, a series in the statement of faith, right? And uh, we we talked about the uh, the the two main components, or like the main ceremonies of church, right? Mm-hmm. Baptism mm-hmm. and Lord's Supper. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have an opportunity to do that again on 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 this new version of our podcast, and. Um, I'm excited to do it because it's it's going to be it, it's going to stay true to our name, deep yeah. dive. Well, <laughs> what is communion? What is the Lord's Supper? I think even non-believers or non non uh, people that are not following Jesus, they've heard of that before and right. probably have a visual in their mind of what it is. You know, right. we're sipping some um, some grape juice and taking a little piece of bread and putting mm-hmm. it in our mouth. This is one of the things that are very symbolic and cornerstone of the Christian church. Yes. Um, it, it, what is it? Why is it a big deal? Um, what does it mean? Well, it's it's root like everything in the New Testament has roots in the Old Testament, and, yeah. and this is probably one of the deepest roots in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the institution of the Lord's Supper, yeah. and <clears throat> when. When when Pastor was uh, having it, you know the the little piece of bread and the little piece of or the little cup of uh, grape juice, they're called elements. You know when the elements mm. were being passed out, 
um, Pastor Godfrey, he had us all open up to a passage in in Matthew uh, chapter 26, and and we'll do the same thing. Um, But he he started reading to us sort of the uh, events that uh, were around Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you remember in in, uh, Matthew chapter 26, um, Jesus had, had gone to his disciples and, and told them, and this is verse 17, says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the, uh, to eat the Passover? So right there we need to stop because there's two significant ideas presented there. There's the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and, and, and the Passover. And when, when we look at the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar is is extremely organized, not just organized around months like like ours our calendar is, mm-hmm. but the, the the Jewish calendar is also organized around seven feasts. And, and these are feasts that were uh, dictated by God in the Old Testament, book of Exodus, you know, in the books of the law. Right. This is Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? Mm-hmm. And and it starts with the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so, uh, as as Pastor was going through this, he, you know, he read verses, uh, verses twenty six to twenty eight, and and those verses say this: They were eating as they were eating. Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to gave it to the disciples and said, "Take, eat. This is my body." And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, "Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new testament, which is shed for many." Uh, for many, for the remission of sins. <clears throat> there's a lot to, to sort of unpack there. Yeah, there sure is. <laughs> so w- w- when when Jesus was holding that up, he wasn't saying, this literally becomes my body. Right, right? Which, he could, which he could have. It could have been if he yeah, wanted to. If he right? wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's not what he was saying. He yeah. was he was speaking in terms of symbolism. Yeah. And he said, this bread, it represents my body, this this. Uh, this drink, um, it represents my blood. And he said, this is my blood of the New Testament. In our minds, when we hear the term New Testament, we think Matthew through Revelation. All right. That's not what he's referring to. Uh, it, it, I mean, in a way, it's it's related, yes. but there is... It's a new agreement, right? Yeah, it's, it's a new, new covenant. Yeah, uh, Hebrews chapter 9 actually talks about this, and that's where we're going to end up mm-hmm. uh, in, in this discussion. But um, there's there's the Old Testament, which is what those uh, what those symbols meant from an Old Testament perspective, and there's what Jesus was sort of revealing to them was the ultimate uh, the ultimate goal of this this ceremony, okay. um, the the new the New Testament, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> keeping that in our minds, we have to go way back, uh, way back to um, really starting in Genesis, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're going to read um, a series of verses in Exodus, but to sort of lay the groundwork, we have to get into a little bit of the history of Israel. So you remember the father of, uh, the, the father of Israel was Abraham. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a time, Israel was in Egypt. 
you know, they, they mm-hmm. came under really good circumstances. You know, uh, Joseph had, had uh, helped Egypt prepare for uh, seven years of famine mm-hmm. by taking advantage of seven years of plenty. He, right. he knew that this was coming in advance, you know, because of uh, some, some miraculous things that, that God allowed him to know that knowledge in advance. And, and it positioned him to be in a situation in Egypt, being second in command in all of Egypt, to where his family could be preserved through that famine. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they, uh, they were brought into Egypt and, and given a home there. <clears throat> well, after Joseph dies and, you know, years go by, the Bible says that there is a, a, a leader who, who knew not Joseph, uh, a pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And, and he, he saw this growing nation inside of Egypt as a threat. And so to, in order to, to head that, to nip that threat off in the bud, um, they, they enslaved the, the people of Israel. And that enslavement happened for about 400 years. Yeah. And throughout that time, as, as Israel was slaves, they were forced into several situations, one of which being, um, being builders. They, would, they were one of their primary jobs. They, they were um, located in the, the city of Goshen in Egypt, was right in the, the uh, delta of the Nile River. And so there's a lot of really good mud and straw and all that kind of stuff, building materials for for bricks, and so that was one of their oh, chief positions. Okay. Is you're going to make bricks for all these building projects that mm-hmm. Egypt Egypt is doing? Because remember, during these seven years of famine years ago, Egypt was able to amass a lot of property and a lot of wealth mm-hmm. and a lot of power yeah. because they were the they were kind of like the only nation in the world that had advanced knowledge of this famine and were able to prepare for it, and mm-hmm. they used that. You know, people from other uh, other nations would come to them. And it would be mm-hmm. like, we need food. Well, if you need food, what are you going to give us in return? You know, mm-hmm. so Egypt yeah. was able to amass a tremendous amount of wealth during mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. Um, and 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 also they had a young nation of free labor, uh, you know, because they, mm-hmm. the nation of Israel was enslaved, and so <laughs> free labor. Yeah, that's one way of saying. Yeah, that. pretty much. You know, because <laughs> they they enslaved them, yeah. <laughs> and right. uh, and so they had tremendous wealth and tremendous. Uh, uh, tremendous manpower yeah. at their disposal. Wow, that's and, powerful. Yeah, uh, that's like every uh, every contractor's dream, right? Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> free materials, free labor. Oh, I know. You can build everything, right? Let's build everything we've ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, and more. Um, well, Israel began to cry out to God, and uh, and, and through the leadership of Moses, uh, God uh, w- was able to deliver. Egypt, uh, Israel from slavery in Egypt, and and that's where this Passover thing gets its its root, because uh, in in that uh, in, in that conversation between Moses and Pharaoh, and between God and Moses, um, you know Pharaoh didn't want to give up his free labor, sure, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet Moses was there advocating on behalf of his people. Pharaoh, let my people go, mm-hmm. and and because Pharaoh's heart was continuously hardened, something significant had to happen to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go. Mm-hmm. And and God told Moses from the beginning, like that this is how it's going to be. You know, his he's not going to let you go, but. Uh, I'm going to fight on behalf of Israel specifically so that when you do exit Egypt, 
everybody will know that I fight for you and that you have the God of the universe on your side. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably arguably the most powerful nation in the world at the time, Egypt. And God spends 10 plagues just wiping the floor with everything that Egypt uh, holds important. Mm. And, and when you go back and you compare it to like the, the mythology uh, and the religion of Egypt in the day, all of those 10 plagues dealt specifically with one of their highest gods okay. that they worshiped, right? Okay. So it's almost right. like uh, the one true God was saying, it's cute that you have your you know, your little made-up religion. I'm going to take each one of your, uh, you know, 10 of your strongest gods. I'm just going to wipe the floor, wipe the floor mm. with them in front of you. And then we're going to leave with all your stuff. Hmm. You know? <laughs> well, mm, right. So it was very stri- uh, strategic. It was wasn't just uh, let's let's have a hurricane go through there and and, and wipe up after that. It was, it was very strategic. Absolutely, like very that. strategic. Mm-hmm. And and each one of them came after Moses told Pharaoh, "Okay, this is what's going to happen." Hmm. And then it happened. Hmm. Pharaoh's like, "I'm not going to let your people go." All right. Well, this is what's going to happen, and that plague would happen. Pharaoh, I'm not going to let you. It happened nine times. Mm. Actually, it happened ten times, but we'll, we'll get to the tenth here in just a minute. But after every one of those plagues, uh, Pharaoh's heart was continually hardened mm. against Israel. No, I'm not letting you go. So it no, was hardened. It, w- it wasn't softened. It wasn't. He wasn't saying this is the real God. He was. He was. Get, he was getting more livid and and uh, yeah. po- poking his chest out even more each time. Right. His his rebellion was strengthening. Mm-hmm. Pride, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and God even said. I've hardened his heart. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, whether that's interpreted as God specifically made that happen yeah. f- for the express purpose of using Egypt's uh, evil to illustrate the 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 sovereignty of God. Right. You know, that's one way of interpreting mm-hmm, it. Or mm-hmm. the actions that God took resulted in Pharaoh's heart getting hardened. Gotcha. Either way, yeah. it, it accomplishes the same thing, okay. right? Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, so anyway, we, we get through those nine plagues, and, and right at the end, there's the, the tenth plague. And <clears throat> Israel doesn't know that this is the—you uh, know, how long this is going to be going on. The, 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 there's not a tenth. Okay, this is the last one. They didn't know it was the last one. Right. right? They, yeah. Okay, I got you. <laughs> uh, and, until God told them it was. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. they're just going through all this like, man, when is Pharaoh going to let us go? Like, mm-hmm. dude's having a— some hard times, yeah. just let us go, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> well, so back in, this, this is all, this all goes down in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, this is going to be the, the brunt of what we read uh, today, uh, Exodus 12, uh, 1 through 20. So <clears throat> it says, uh, well, actually, before I read this, mm-hmm. real quick in our minds, we're, we're keeping present in our mind that phrase or, or that concept in the Matthew 26 that we just read about how Jesus told his disciples, I want to celebrate Passover with you. You know, the, the Passover feast is is like at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the, the Passover feast and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is the seven days after uh, where, where Israel only eats, uh, the, you know, the only bread that they eat is unleavened bread. Okay. Starts with the Passover, which is the first month the 14th day of the month. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so that's the feast of Israel, the yearly feast of Israel that was being uh, that was being celebrated the night that we call the Lord's Supper in the New Testament. They were having that they, they were having that Passover feast. Well Exodus 12 is where the Passover feast was first instituted. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Exodus 12 verse 1 
The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him take, uh, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of his uh, of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall you uh, make your count for the lamb. So in other words, this is going to be the first month of your calendar. On the tenth day of this month, Take a lamb, bring bring a lamb into your house, and says the lamb. Verse five: The lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and he shall uh, keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So, <clears throat> day ten of the first month, everyone brings a lamb without blemish mm-hmm. into their house. Now. As we start developing this idea of Passover, we'll start to recognize some elements here that are that, that might be vaguely familiar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good one—a lamb without blemish, because yeah. we often associate that description with Christ, right. as well we should, because mm-hmm. that's that's ultimately what this is going to be referring to. Anyway, um, keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, Israel shall kill it in the evening. So on the that 14th day in the evening, that lamb that's without blemish is going to get killed. Mm-hmm. And they shall take the blood and strike it on, two, uh, on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh uh, in, in that night, roast with fire and unleavened, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast it with fire, his head uh, with his legs, and, the, um, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. So in other words, you've brought this lamb without blemish into your house, on the evening of the fourteenth, you kill it, and and you roast it with fire. You you that's 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 your meal. But however much of it you eat or don't eat, at the end of it, the entire thing is going to be consumed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then uh, take the blood from that lamb and strike it up, strike it on your doorposts, because in verse uh, verse twelve it says. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are, and and when, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. So this mm-hmm. wasn't just a one-time thing. He was institute, God was instituting something that was going to be commemorated every single year for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. From uh, on, on, the, on the tenth day of the first month, they're gonna, uh, every family was going to bring a lamb in. On the fourteenth, they were going to uh, kill. They were going to kill the lamb, eat it. Whatever wasn't going to be eaten was going to be consumed, and the, the blood was going to be put on the doorpost because this was the first night where God, uh, where, where, where God freed Israel 
um, God said that if that blood's not on your doorpost, the firstborn son in your house is is going to be is going to be killed tonight. And so that that blood on the doorpost was as you know as as death moved through Egypt that was the sign of death to pass over that house mm-hmm. and not and not kill the firstborn. But verse 14 <clears throat> this shall be this shall be unto you for a memorial, right? And then uh, 15 seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day till the seventh day that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be an holy convocation. In the seventh day there shall be uh, an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that uh, that only may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generations and by an ordinance forever." So this is a, an extremely significant thing that God is setting up in Israel right now. You're going to be free tonight because tonight is the last night you're going to spend in Egypt. So this is the Passover meal. You eat this. You eat this lamb. You put the blood on your doorposts. You, you know this. This meal is your last one in Egypt because as soon as the firstborn son, uh, you know, is is killed, you're going to be free. Keep mm-hmm. that in your mind, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and then uh, closing out in, in, in Exodus 12, Ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. Uh, leaven is the uh, the element of, of bread that um, causes it to rise, like yeast. Mm-hmm, it's right. called leaven. Mm-hmm. And it represents sin. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. often used in the Old Testament and New Testament as a, as a, a representation of sin. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> you know, don't eat any—that's why it's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you have the Passover on the 14th, and for the next seven days, you only eat unleavened bread in your house. Okay. Uh, you don't let any, quote-unquote, sin mm-hmm. into your house, right? Um, <clears throat> so, um, Let's see. Uh, so yeah, uh, verse verse nineteen. Seven days shall there be no no eleven no leaven bread, uh, no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth uh, that which is leavened, even this, that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, uh, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. Ye shall uh, in all your habitations ye shall eat unleavened bread. So, man, there's a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's here's the key takeaway points from from Exodus 12, verses one through twenty. Like I said, this this goes really deep. There's the 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 timing of it, right? The tenth day, you bring in a a, a a spot a spotless lamb into your house. The fourteenth, the evening of the fourteenth, you kill it, you eat it, you consume it. Um, for the next week. You, uh, the only bread that is consumed in your house is this unleavened bread because it's the feast of the Passover and the feast of unleavened bread. The first two of the seven feasts that Israel observes every single year of their existence, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. when it starts. So we have all that context now. Yeah. <clears throat> and so 
every year Israel is commemorating their their freedom from Egypt because at this 10th plague when the firstborn son was killed that's when Egypt uh what was was given its uh, that's when Israel was given its freedom so freedom came after the death of the firstborn here again the symbolism should be familiar to us uh it was it was after the death of the firstborn it was after the consuming of that spotless lamb that Israel gained its freedom mm-hmm. and that was mm. a memorial to be observed forever, mm. every single year on this date uh, for all of eternity. And, and God even said, this is the Lord's Passover. So when we say the Lord's Supper, that's not new terminology. Yeah. That's terminology okay. that has been used ever since Exodus 12. This is the Lord's Passover. Mm. Mm. This is the Lord's <clears throat> Supper. Out of his own words. Yeah, out of his own words. Mm. So now we get back to uh, to, to Matthew 26, which is what uh, what what Pastor read, where Jesus and, and this the what we call the Lord's Supper. It's recorded several places in the New Testament. The one that that uh, Pastor read was in uh, chapter 26. Another uh, another place that is commonly read from uh, during the observance of the Lord's Supper is 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul is recounting this to the the Church of Corinth. And so when we go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, there's, uh, I think, four, four verses there uh, right in the middle where Paul talks about this. Uh, verse 23 says, I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. He's, talk, he's talking about that gospel message, right? That, uh, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So, here's Jesus, the night of his crucifixion, celebrating the Passover. Mm -hmm. So, this is the the 14th day of the first month Mm -hmm. when the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, (laughs) um, is, is celebrating the Passover, and that very same night, he's killed. He's that that lamb is slain on the fourteenth of the first month, mm. the night of the Passover, and and what's what's interesting about that is as he was uh, as he was celebrating that Passover with his disciples, uh, as they're commemorating from you know uh, uh, at least a millennium and a half uh, prior to that, if not two thousand, you know, about two thousand years or so. Um, yeah, about a millennium and a half. Uh, they were commemorating when death came through Egypt and killed the firstborn. They were celebrating when uh, when that first Passover lamb was killed in their house. That lamb without blemish was killed in their house and was consumed. And they were celebrating the fact that those two events, the death of the firstborn son and the, uh, and the uh, sacrificing of that spotless lamb, that resulted in their freedom. Uh, from Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the crossing the Red Sea, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's what they were celebrating. Jesus took that bread and took the the, uh, the 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 wine, and he said, 
newsflash. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've been doing this to commemorate something in the past. That feast not just commemor- not just pointed to something in the past, but it pointed forward to one day when that sacrifice would be realized mm-hmm. in in the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's not that the firstborn is going to die and we lo- and we gain our freedom from Egypt. The firstborn is going to die and we're going to gain our freedom from sin. Oh wow. And mm-hmm. it's not just that mm-hmm. the uh uh the the uh, a spotless lamb is going to be consumed as a as a marker of this time when we are given our freedom. It's the lamb that w- that was slain from the foundation of the world that you know, the spotless lamb who Jesus Christ is, he was going to be slain, shed his, shed his blood, give his body. And, and this was going to mark, uh, where our self, what our salvation is based on the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's why we have these two, these two institutions in church, the Lord's supper and baptism. The Lord's supper celebrates God's, uh, Christ's death. Baptism celebrates his burial and his resurrection, yeah. and, mm. and 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 mm. by partaking in these, we associate ourselves with that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what what Jesus was saying is now, whenever you eat this bread and you eat the, and you drink this wine, do it in remembrance of me, mm-hmm. not just in remembrance of us getting our freedom from from Egypt. Yeah. Do it in remembrance of me. So he was bringing them full circle into what that Passover has been, has meant mm-hmm. from God's perspective for the last, you know, 1500 or so years. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, a memorial for Egypt to keep remembering how they got their freedom mm-hmm. and to serve as a re, as a way for them to point forward into where they're ultimately going to get their freedom. Wow, man! <laughs> and it's it's mm. it's two bookends: genius, the Old Testament, yeah. and the New right. Testament. Right, right. If you think about it in those terms, <laughs> that that moment was the change from Old Testament to New Testament. Perhaps mm-hmm. I mean at least oh, we, could, we could point to that and say yeah. this is where it started and stopped. You know? Yep. Wow. And, and then to to summarize it all, Hebrews, uh, you know, chapter nine, which is pretty much like a, a huge dissertation on the meaning of all this stuff. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse uh, 13 to 15, uh, sums it up this way. If, if the blood of bulls and of goats and, and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the peering of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Mm-hmm. So in other words, all these things, all these sacrifices and feasts and all this stuff that, that we did, that's, that we've been doing for centuries in the Old Testament, um, you know, we, we looked to those as being like the sacrifice of atonement or, you know, yeah. things like that. Ultimately, it's the blood of animals. Yes. Right. And so if, if we place such an importance on the blood of animals— how much more shall the blood of Christ actually accomplish what those symbolized? Mm. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow, he said, wow. for this cause, he, talking about Christ, is the mediator of the New Testament, that by, the, by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Mm. So that's... Mm summary of the whole thing. Yeah. Everything in Scripture points to Christ. Salvation in the Old Testament 
while they had those sacrifices that they and those feasts that they that they would maintain on a yearly basis, ultimately their salvation was based on faith in what Christ would one day do. Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. our salvation is based on faith of what Christ one day did. Mm-hmm. It's already <laughs> but, done. But regardless, mm-hmm. everything in the Bible points to what Christ did on the cross. Wow, man. What a great way. That uh, did a good job of, of, of making a mental picture. That's what I, I was seeing a video while you were doing that of... of uh, I think a lot of us have forgotten that. We may have, you know, we know that intellectually it's different knowing something and mm-hmm. believing it and remembering it. Right. You know, per- perhaps that's why we, um, Pastor Godfrey said, you know, there's not, uh, uh, there's not a right or wrong number that you do right. communion. Mm-hmm. It's really up, up to the church leadership. He didn't say that, but it's really up to the church whenever right. they want to do that. And we do it like as, once a quarter or yeah, something like as, that. As often as you eat well, this bread and drink this yeah, wine, yeah, yeah. do it in remembrance of That's me. That's right. He didn't yeah. give a number, and you know he would have if <laughs> right. it was important. Right. You know? I mean, we're, we're still we're, we're still invoking that imagery of the Passover. Yes. And, and you know, that, that Passover feast is still observed because, yes. you know, the command was to observe it on the, on the 14th month, mm-hmm. uh, 14th day of the first month yeah. forever for mm-hmm. all of your generations. Yeah. And, and that Passover feast is still observed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going back to Pastor Godfrey's point, um, as, as a church, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with us saying, you know what, we would still like to remember this more than once a year. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Right. That's right. And, and and whenever it's done, it's done. And uh, it, it it is done. I mean, having something solid mm-hmm. like that to remember something that uh, maybe you weren't present for really brings it home. Right. You know, and that's why he was doing that to 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 have that symbolism that's so strong and make people it, remember. It's it's like what what God told Israel in the Old Testament about memorials. You know, mm-hmm. do this so that one yeah. day you can, you know, when your when your kids come along and right. ask you why do we do this, you can tell them uh what what the roots of this were. That's and right. so yeah. you know, while while the Lord's Supper it invokes the imagery of Passover. It doesn't incorporate, you know, the blood on the doorposts and mm-hmm. the bitter herbs and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. reserved for the actual feast of Passover. What we do is take those those two specific elements, the bread and and the juice in this case, and and we extract those and said, remember this all the time that mm-hmm. our salvation is based on the fact that the, that lamb was slain and the firstborn was was sacrificed. Uh, and, and our salvation is based on what Christ did. Mm-hmm. Outstanding, <laughs> outstanding. I, I, I like it. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. We did we did the communion a little bit different this time. We had mm-hmm. people get up out of their chair uh, seats and go get the elements instead of. We change it around. Sometimes we bring the elements to them, and sometimes they get up and do yep. it and get it's, elements. It's it's always a challenge when you know as as a church grows in attendance mm-hmm. how to uh how to efficiently distribute right. all of those uh, all those elements yep. Yep, without taking like 2 hours to do it, it is. <laughs> so yeah. that was i think the main thrust of right. of how we did it this yeah. time yeah. How, how to how to how to get get it into everyone's hands at the right. same time and that that's also <laughs> not mandated by the bible i don't believe right. you know it's yeah. how, however we do it efficiently uh, seems like we did it a good job too. Efficiently. Yeah, I think so. Um, Josh, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. This is one of my favorite uh, favorite ones because this one I, I love these these ones where 
it's so deeply rooted in mm-hmm. Old Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so much clarity that comes in. You know, yeah. a lot of times as, as Christians, we tend to spend most of our time in the New Testament. Right. And we forget that everything in the New Testament is based on the old. Mm-hmm. And right. there's so much clarity and so much like rich uh, richness mm-hmm. in, in what we discover in the New Testament if you know that background. Yes. That's right. why the, the Lord's Supper and, and baptism is, is another one I, I love talking about too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like it, it's, it, you can't have one without the other. Right. It's so cool. Yeah, they're literally the cornerstones, aren't they, mm-hmm. of 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 of, uh, of Christians? Yeah, I mean, without without knowing that, without believing that, and knowing why we do it, it's you you kind of um, uh, having faith in what you believe, what you believe, mm-hmm. because but like you've always said, uh, you want to you want to believe something, have faith that. Um, that's from the Bible. Yeah. I, I believe it because it says it from the Bible, not because I've always done it. Right. You know. Yeah, have your beliefs based on Scripture, not yes. just tradition. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Well, Josh, we do this. This is one way that we uh, that we reach out to people, the podcast. Uh, we, you know, we connect to God, one another, in the lost world. And the podcast is one of the, uh, one of the tools that, that you and I uh, use to mm-hmm. do that. And Marcus Point Baptist Church does it. We have a couple more podcasts. What are those, Josh? We have the... Uh, uh, to the point, which is a short podcast that Pastor does every now. It's a video podcast, yep. and uh, where he tackles um, a single question yep. and gives the, uh, the the a scriptural perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, uh, the pour over podcast, which is uh, Jacob and Preston, right? And uh, that's more. Um, they they usually have you know three segments where they kind of do a couple informal things at the beginning and end mm-hmm. and then deal with a specific topic okay, cool. uh, in the middle. Really interesting to to listen to both great, of them. Great, both of them are mm-hmm. really good podcasts. <laughs> not as interesting as ours. Of but, course you know. not. <laughs> and we have we always us. have to put in a plug for ourselves. We're the best. <laughs> <laughs> We're the d- deep dives podcast. Us, we a little bit more long form. Yeah, you know, we go forty minutes or so. I think theirs is twenty to half hour, something like that. It, it varies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Beulah, North Pace, and Pensacola. That's where we are. That's where Marcus Point Baptist Church is now. In 2024, we're going to reach out to Molino and Navarre. Yep. How about that? That's already rolling, getting going. Uh, we've got audiences on TV and social media. Uh, the church does. Um, listen, we love coming here on Sunday, but Wednesday is a big deal, too. Wednesday is like a little community um, mm-hmm. college around here. We have over 100 classes that are going on throughout the week. Yep. Many of them are done on Wednesdays. Yeah, Bible study groups. Um, yep, Bible study groups. Coalesce around common themes like yep. sports or art or, yep, yep. you know, that's investing, right. whatever. Yeah, that's all of those are true. All mm-hmm. those are literally, we have those those groups. Um, we have over 120 small groups. Wow, that's pretty good. That's Over the, over the course of the week. And that's the way a big church can reach out and really um, minister to a lot of people mm-hmm. every week, every it's, day. It's how to make a big church uh, seem small. Yep, and it does. Uh, it, it is a successful. Um, it's a successful way of doing it, if you ask uh-huh. me. And we, we, Pastor Godfrey, obviously believes that because we really hit the small groups to connect to God, one another, in the lost world. So, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Josh, thanks for being here the day after uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did a great job, and uh, we are both thankful for this podcast. Thankful for the people listening, and uh, we look forward to 2024. We'll record many times before that, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Yep. Thanks.